Good morning, everyone. Friends, all the readings selected for this fourth Sunday in Ordinary Time uh, have a, a particular themes about them, and uh, it is of having humility and humbleness and charity of heart, but recognizing your dependence upon God, the Father. And uh, when we go back and read, you'll see these are the themes of, of the readings, and um, we should take those to heart, uh, that idea of uh, recognizing that we need Jesus, we need the Father. My friends, uh, uh, the gospel reading, uh, uh, which is, we find it in Matthew's gospel and in Luke's gospel, it's called uh, in Matthew's, the Sermon uh, on the Mount, and in Luke's, the Sermon of the Plain. Sermon is a homily, so this is a homily by Jesus, and now as pastor, I have to give a homily on Jesus' homily. No pressure. And, you know, when people say, Father, it's easier for you, you're a priest. No, it's not. No, it's not. Not on any level. But my friends, um, so when I looked at the Beatitudes, when we look at them, and they're really well known throughout the world, even by non-Christians, um, the Beatitudes are best, they're not commandments by Jesus, and I don't know that they're necessarily precepts, but they are values that he put forth. Uh, one, because it's a homily. Most homilists will put forth what's close to their heart, the values. So if this is a homily by Jesus, this is, he's putting forth some values. And he is hoping that these values will be lived by the people. So uh, these values of people who live under Jesus' moral teachings uh, should take to heart um, the Beatitudes. Uh, they are character traits of true disciples of Jesus. And my friends, they are also revolutionary values in that uh, when Jesus presented them to his community and his society, uh, they were opposite of what um, the values of the world of their time understood, and that would be true today. My friends, I heard a homily given by another priest, uh, and he put forth that these values of Jesus can only be lived out fully by fools or saints. <laughs> so I guess I fall under the fool part, huh? And what he meant was people read it, but just only give lip service to them. They don't actually live them out. And Jesus, in fact, meant his words were for everybody. He meant them for everyone and anyone who would listen. These beatitudes define the Christian and uh, not just saints. And, uh, Jesus says that the reign of God belongs to the people who follow these values. That is to say that those who practice the values that Jesus puts forth are living the very will of God deeply already in their lives now, and those who practice his values already possess God's kingdom. They belong to God, and they will always remain with God, those who follow his values. So my friends, I thought to myself, okay, uh, what, is my, what is a practical way to go about understanding and to put into practice the Beatitudes um, and to be blessed in and by them? And uh, there are several interpretations that have been put forth, and I have used all of them, except for the one I'm going to use today, meaning uh, there's the traditional spiritual interpretation of this gospel reading. There is uh, the interpretation that falls under social justice, 
Um, there are strictly the biblical scholarly interpretation, and I've done all those. Uh, today I'd like to do it in a way that is kind of known as a pastoral interpretation um, for your consideration. And um, looking at these Beatitudes, those who are poor in spirit are believers who depend on God for everything rather than on their own power or the power of our world and the privileges of our world and the wealth of our world. They recognize they need God. We would do well to remember that such things of the world rarely stay put for long, and I simply point out the stock market. That moves and goes. God always stays with us, always. Jesus spoke about the mourning and those who are sorrowing, and the, the sorrowing are those who endure the awful personal losses of life, and they do so with faith and hope when they lose someone they love and was dear to them. But I think Jesus also meant that those who mourn are those who also suffer the losses that others have. They mourn with others who suffer, too. Deeply, it touches them. In addition, they mourn, I think Jesus was also to mean to include those who mourn the wickedness that plagues our world and our times. And they mourn, mourn those who do not have faith yet. They do not hate. They mourn those who have not come to understand God because they're missing something. You see, there's a big difference. These sorrowing but blessed, sorrowing, not, uh, are, but blessed followers of Jesus are also those who hope and in advance who suffer in faith and hope the losses that will be demanded of them because they are committed to Christ. That happens in Jesus' time, happened in our time. And my friends, I think about Father Isaac, a Roman Catholic priest, shot to death and then burned in his home in Nigeria just a couple weeks ago because he was a Roman Catholic priest. It would be easy to hate, but instead I mourn. I mourn his loss for his community, but those who did that. I mourn because they chose hatred instead. And I believe this is what Jesus was talking about also in his homily. To mourn this. Don't hate them. Don't let anger overcome you. Be sorrow of heart. Because of the many things. And such things as what happened in that province in Nigeria, these are a form of persecution that will come for all Christians. But we are to endure them with faith and hope in the imitation of our Lord, Jesus Christ, who died practically friendless on Calvary. On that afternoon, when this happened, there were three women and one man near him the three Marys and the beloved disciple, all those other hundreds of people ran away and left him alone. So he understands the loneliness that can be for us as Christians in the world now. The lowly, those are the people who are humble in that uh, they do not fill their lives with self-righteousness and 
uh, selfishness. And in this, they are so open to the very word of God to fill their hearts, and they are so ready and willing to grow in that knowledge and that wisdom of the Son of God. Jesus went on, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice. In sacred scriptures, this has a particular meaning. Here our Lord is speaking of believers who yearn inside and out completely for righteousness and justice. Justice, I believe in this sense, is meant justification before God. And in that yearning, not only that they are, they yearn that all of humanity would justice before God means stand right, be in the right relationship before God. They yearn for everyone to be that way. My friends, he said, blessed are the merciful who live, uh, the word has said, remember the has said I kind of drilled into your heads, this self-giving love uh, that thinks not of itself but only of the other. Blessed are the merciful because they live out chesed. Those who show to others the full death of this Hebrew word. It begins with everyday kindness and then it moves to a deeper human understanding of each other and compassion and empathy and getting inside, if you will, the other person, meaning coming to understand what is their situation. And then they feel and agonize as that person feels and agonizes with things. And then they move when necessary to forgiveness that that person uh, from our very deepest level we forgive from a place of understanding and compassion not from self-righteousness Jesus speaks about the single-hearted the pure of heart in some translations it is single-hearted and in these are people who focus on God and on the love of their neighbor and of their families and of ministry, if we happen to be in ministry, or of their obligations to work and family as a single-hearted focus and a singular, if you will, devotion. I'm not sure that's the proper word, but it's the one I can come to. There is no lack at all in their dedication, and they do not have mixed motives. Jesus uses the word duplicity. They don't have duplicity in their hearts. Our list of social and personal sins are perhaps sad evidence of the lack of moral focus and single-heartedness among many in today's society. He said, blessed are the peacemakers. My friends, I look around and there is war uh, all around us, but uh, some wage private wars within their hearts uh, amongst peoples. And people want to seek revenge. They want to pay back those who have offended them. Some of us even pass on this type of aggressive attitude to their children. Then, to justify it all, they make the distinction between the world of religious values and what we like to call the real world. Talking about peacemaking is nice, when we're in church, but outside of church, there seems to be another law. And so, my friends, uh, what follows Jesus' homily in the Scripture, we'll hear it next week, but what follows is Jesus says, you must be light. You must be my light in the world to shine before others so that many 
people who are lost now in modern societal ways would come to understand Christ's values. For it is a torment of souls to be out there in the darkness without that personal relationship with Christ. Or at least to have a sound moral compass in which to guide you. So my friends, um, some questions for your personal reflection. Are you beginning to be a bit lost yourselves, being wooed in by society's ways? There are ideologies and philosophies. Jesus in today's gospel seems to be looking directly at each one of us and saying, you, my disciple, are to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. So the question is, so does Jesus and his values still hold as the light above all other lights in your life, guiding you? Or has Jesus and his values faded a bit in the glow of society's ways of thinking, their doctrines? Put forth, and this is going to be a hasty generalization for those who study logic, held by many of the celebs of our society, those role models as they call themselves, and all the other false prophets that walk about now. That's a hasty generalization, by the way, folks. So I'm not talking about everyone, not all of them. As a matter of fact, my friends, I listened um, to a song by a country singer. Uh, her name is Mickey Guyton. And she wrote a song and sang a song, Black Like Me. And I listened to it. And I mourned the fact that she would have to write a song like that. So... There are good role models out there in that upper tier of celebrity. So my friends, here's a foundational for those who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ. Is there a Bible in your home? And more importantly, do you actually read it? Or does it sit on the coffee table? Because it looks nice. Or for the younger people, do you got it on your smartphones? Because they can move it quick. Do you have it and do you access it? Is it a part of the very culture and practice of the domestic church? And my friends, if that's an unfamiliar term to you, domestic church means your home, your family. That's the domestic church. When Christians, mother, father, children, brothers, sisters, in your home, that's the domestic church. Is this a part of the culture of your domestic church? Or what doctrine are you holding to in your church known as the domestic church? And when you are out in public, at work or in social places, are you being Christ's light for others, professing the very values that are specifically Christ's values? Values that I guarantee no doubt are going to put you into conflict with some of the ways of society and thinking they will also probably likely put you in conflict with friends and family. And we do not hate. That falls under that mourning. I feel sorry and I mourn. But they do not want to accept Christ's values. 
but I do not hate. My friends, these Beatitudes is God himself telling us what kind of people we need to be in order to promote his kingdom. The final one of the Beatitudes is about persecution. It's God himself telling us that even though we may be persecuted and insulted for following the values of his only begotten son, Jesus, that our faithfulness and commitment to his son will be rewarded far beyond anything this world will ever be able to offer you. But we have to come to that understanding. And my friends, um, I look at... Uh, um, I looked at the Beatitudes, the, the different one. Matthew and Luke have different things. And uh, Matthew presents nine Beatitudes. And Luke presents four. But then it's followed with four woes. So Luke will say, blessed, 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 blessed. And then he says, and woe, 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 woe. And I thought, were they both there the same day? <laughs> What's going on? And there it is. Um, but so it's a general understanding. And um, my friends, I looked at it, and being a former baker and pastry chef, I thought, this is a recipe. Jesus is giving us a recipe to follow for a good chocolate cake? No. <laughs> for a world filled with love. For a world that would be filled with love. It's a recipe to follow here and now in this world so that this world would be more like the kingdom that is to come. And those who would follow the recipe now will have that world in the next one also. And it really does come down to witnessing. People say, I, I want to see a change in our society and I want to be different. Okay, then you have to be different. And in this society, that word sometimes is bad. But it's not. What distinguishes the Christians from others? Your witness. And Christ does not have hatred as a value. You are never to hate people. We can hate sin because sin separates us from Father in heaven, but we do not hate people. That is not a value of Jesus Christ. And yes, I've heard, yes, Jesus. He met people where they were at, but he did not intend to leave them there. He intended to move them away from those things that were separating him from his father. So yes, we love others. And for those who did not accept his ways, Jesus let them walk away from him. This is evident in the story he tells of the rich young man. He could not accept everything Jesus was saying, and Jesus, he said he loved him, and the man turned and walked away. And Jesus does not condemn him, but he mourned. My friends, Pope Paul VI in 1975 said this, modern man, and he meant men and women, modern man is more willing to listen to witnesses than to teachers. But if man does listen to teachers, it is because they are being true witnesses. So, We've got to be true witnesses. As difficult as it may be, we must be true witnesses. And if we want the world to change and society to change, it will only happen not by legislation, but by what's in your heart. 
and how you live, because then you live and breathe as disciples, that begins to change the way the world is. And I believe, and it's not necessarily in Scripture, I believe then. When this happens, then he will come. He will return. And he will justify all things. Justify meaning making our relationship with the Father. He will correct all the wrongs that continue. But we have to be willing to be those witnesses, those disciples. And it is difficult. And he said so. He said so. And that's why it is good to be with a community of believers. Yeah? I, last Mass, I told folks about St. Bernadette. St. Bernadette was a young, very young, young woman, teenager, uh, who had the occasions of speaking with Our Lady, for those who... Uh, and um, after the apparitions... Um, she wasn't treated very nice. Not by people of her time and not by the church at the time either. But she stood her ground. And she spoke with charity of heart. And they asked her, tell us what the, tell us what the woman said. And she would talk about it. And then they asked her a certain bunch of questions. One of the questions was, what is a sinner? <laughs> to which she said, a sinner is one who loves sin. The distinction, not one who does sin, but one who loves it. And I pray and I think about that all the time. She did not say the woman said that. But through her experience of the woman, she came to an understanding about certain things in our world. Um, so while we may hate sin because it separates us, we do not hate the sinner Jesus would not approve of that. He would be very disappointed. That's not one of his values. Would you agree to that? Would you agree that testimony, as Paul VI said, testimony more than the teacher is needed. If everyone's going to listen, it's going to listen because of the witness by which you live and breathe. I agree too. And you know who else would agree with that? The original apostles. They lived and breathed Jesus. They, there was no, and people got, some people got upset with me when I said there was no Bible back then. Jesus didn't have a Bible. There wasn't, the Old Testament has been, the Torah existed. But what they had was the testimony of his friends. Eventually the Bible was written, but what they had was the testimony. Those people who came to know and experience Jesus Christ and loved him and walked in his ways. That's what the world needs again, for Christians to walk in his ways, not to be hypocrites, but to walk in his ways. They will begin to see, and I hope they'll say, what is it that you have? What is that all sparkly hope and all that other stuff? What is that? <laughs> Let me tell you about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, <laughs> and the love of his Father for you. They will be drawn to that. The other stuff they may run away from. <laughs> but that will draw them in. And then you're able to be in that space with them. Say, so let me tell you about God and how much he loves you. That is throughout all the scriptures. 
and let that love be transforming and transformative. Amen?